Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another On My Block podcast, Packers podcast, previewing the Packers-Jets matchup this weekend. I'm your host, Mike Wall. Thanks for watching. If you're enjoying, do me a favor, hit that like button, subscribe to us on our Process to Perform channel on YouTube, rate and review. You can find us on the audio version anywhere you get your uh, podcast on Believe Network. Our show is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. The last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. BetOnline remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests, National Football League, College Football, Ultimate Fighting Championship, and the National Hockey League are all in full swing. And BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Listen, coming off this exciting win, and now the Chiefs are headed in to Lambeau. It wasn't six and a half points, not six points, but they're six-point favorites. And listen, you get the records and everything, but momentum's a real deal, and six points seems like a lot. Um, the last couple of weeks, I think we were eight-and-a-half-point uh, dogs last week. Now we're six-point dogs at home versus yeah, defending Super Bowl champs. Fair enough. But for the first time, I think, the part of this is, like, we played well, but the Chiefs, like Patrick Mahomes is the best football player on the planet. And having said that, they've been middle of the pack offense, elite, elite defense. And so maybe for the first time in his era, you're really looking at a group where that spread is really a, um, a proxy on how good they're, or, or a, a statement about how good the Chiefs defense is. Because they are, you watch them on film, and they are, they are absolutely elite. They're playing lights out for uh, the defensive coordinator there, Steve Spagnola. And I think the other thing for me is Andy Reid is probably a top five head coach of all time, in, in, for football at least. I mean, I remember back in the day, I remember I first walked in. For, Andy's this huge personality. First of all, he's a huge, huge man. Had the big red mustache, ginger kid, likes cheeseburgers. The whole thing, when, you know, the first time I walked into Lambeau, walked into the facility, I think he was tight ends coach at the time. He just seems to have this winning thing like figured out. He's a great play caller. He gets buy-in from all his guys. You never hear anything bad going on in the Chiefs locker room. You never hear any like dissension. Everyone's talking under their breath. The players get to design plays on the goal, on, like short yardage goal line stuff. I mean, they really take ownership. Like you want to learn how to build ownership within a community that that is an elite, you know, elite level competition. Like I think Andy Reid's got really, really figured it out. Um, and then the other thing is they're playing at Lambeau, but if you look at just storied franchises in the National Football League, like for me personally, the two best places to play or be at a game, hands down, and it's like Lambeau and Arrowhead, and then everywhere else is way, way down here. There's some really good places to play uh, and, and watch games in this in this league, but as far as just fan experience, you cannot beat Arrowhead, you cannot beat uh, Lambeau Field. So Packers are five and six now coming off this huge win on, on Thanksgiving. Everyone's kind of talking differently now about them. That Lions game was, I think, a real demonstration of what is possible when your elite level players play at an elite level. I don't know that schematically, from a defensive standpoint, they did anything different. I think they certainly they were more aggressive at the line of scrimmage as far as the, 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 the second level linebackers. But really, you just talk about we won matchups against a really good offensive line in the Detroit offensive line. I went through this in our, in our recap show, but we won individual matchups. And when you do that, all of a sudden, whatever scheme you're running seems to look a lot better, right? It's just everything I think fits a little bit, um, a, a little bit tighter. And now when you look at us from a defensive standpoint, top 10 in point production, so we're a top 10 defense from a point stamp, you know, from uh, points allowed. And you're getting the production that you always thought you would get, I think, uh, again, from this thing of eight or seven or eight first round draft picks. And what's happening is 
we're changing that narrative from, oh, you're not playing against good teams or bad quarterbacks, you're playing against, um, uh, uh, the, you know, Ritter, you're playing against uh, Kenny Pickett. Now it's like, oh, you've just played against Jared Goff. And they had a ton of yards. But the sign of a real good defense these days isn't necessarily yards given up. That's certainly an indicator if you want to be elite. But it's not yards given up. For the last seven years in the National Football League, it's not yards given up. It's how many points do you give up? Do you give up field goals or touchdowns? And right now, they've gotten that point production down where you feel like every single game, you're going to have a real opportunity to win just simply because I think from a point, I don't want to get this wrong, but we're you know we're scoring 21 points a game. We're giving up 20. Simple math, right? On average, you know, on average, on those indicators, when you look across the, the span of the last five, 10 years, the record, if you're giving up 20 points and you're scoring 21, if you're giving up 19 and score 20, if that if that's just a plus, you're not like a a 50-50 team. You're actually, you know, you're you're a you know what what would that be? Uh, you're an 11 and uh, 11 and 16. You're a you're a you're a a, a a 10 and 17. So we're putting ourselves in a position just from a point spread differential. We're building towards doing something that. You look like there might be something there might be something there, and again, do, starting to do it against higher level competition. And I think that's what makes this game so great is that now you really have a true measuring stick team coming in the Kansas City Chiefs. They've been to the promised land multiple times. I think Patrick Mahomes has only what not been in the AFC Championship once since he came in, in into the league. And so this guy is elite level, elite level. They're not maybe where they always are as far as offensive point production, but you're playing the best in the league. You're playing a team that knows how to win. You're playing an elite level defense. And this will be a real kind of a measuring stick litmus test of how this team is uh, performing right now. The chiefs defense. Let's start with them. 16.5 points per game. Good for third in the league. 290 yards per game. Good for fourth in the league. 113 yards rushing a game. Good for 19th inning, so middle of the road there. But what you're going to see, the name of the game is pressure. Steve Spagnola brings pressure looks. They have an exceptional second, secondary. They brought in Justin Reed off of the Houston Texans a couple of years ago. And I love the move. I love the move then. I love the move now. I just love what he brings to this team. He covers all the, those. That secondary covers all over the field because they're bringing guys. They're bringing slot pressure. They're bringing linebacker pressure. Trent McDuffie, one of the young stars in this league. 22, you're going to see him all over the field. You're going to see him making plays in the secondary, making plays in the line of scrimmage. He'll get quarterback sacks, tackles for loss. Guys does it all. He's a he's a dynamic player. They use him. They really do a good job of using him. He's like um, I don't want to say he's like a make and fix Patrick, you know, but but he's he's got that kind of playmaking mindset. Really, really special player. Willie Gay's playing at a high level. Chanel's playing at a high level. And I think for me, what I being a just being a, a fan of old school football, the Chiefs play a physical brand of football up front. Obviously, they have all pro Chris Jones. Um, he's one of the best def defensive tackles in the league. I think for the last two, two, three years, he's probably been number two behind Aaron Donald. Uh, the middle linebacker, Drew, Drew Tranquil, uh, high, high level production right now. Worst 23, by the way, you're going you're gonna to mix him up for a safety for a couple of plays and you'll realize, no, no, that dude hits like a linebacker. Um, what they do well, I think for, for me, is something we talk about in the show all the time. They force single blocks at the line of scrimmage. They'll crowd up. They'll play downhill, but they will get you off those double teams that will force you to try to block Chris Jones one-on-one. -on -one. They will force you try to, to, to try to block um, uh, George Karloftis one-on-one. They will force you to, to, to try to block uh, Mike Dana one-on-one. And those matchups, especially at the tight end position, are not good matchups for most teams. So when you talk about Karloftis, talk about Mike Dana. They've got guys that can rush the passer. I wanted to point out two guys in particular. Charles uh, Omenihu uh, was was with the Texans as well. Uh, and then I think he, he actually went to San Francisco, and now he's with, with Kansas City. He's a really good player. Watch out for him. He's going to play defensive end. And Tershawn Wharton sh uh, showed some moves on tape as well. George Kalaftis is um, first-round draft pick from Purdue a couple of years ago, I think 2022. He's a productive player. He's going to... He's not going to have a ton of flashy plays. I don't know how developed his pass rush moves are, uh, but that's going to be a good matchup against him and Zach Tom because he's a very, very physical player. He's relentless. 
I think he's got enough power to to kind of test the metal a little bit, and then we'll and then off of that power, he can try to work off the edge. But the more you watch tape on the Chiefs' defense, I think you the more you have to appreciate how well their pieces fit together. They're only allowed. Think about this number in the National Football League with all the rule changes. They allow 176 yards through the air. They allow 176 yards through the air. It's fourth in the league. I don't know the three teams that are better than them. That's, I mean, 176 yards is ridiculous. If your quarterback throws 176 yards, he's not your quarterback anymore. You get a new quarterback. So the key to this game, and we'll show it on tape right now, you have to find the soft spots in the run game where maybe Trent McDuffie, I'll show one on tape, where he doesn't all of a sudden attack that, that tight end. You get, to, you get that good double team. You have to find that soft spot. And then when you get opportunities, whether it's man or zone, like they'll have some miscommunication in the back end. But when you get there, man, there's got to be a lot of yards after contact. Yards after catch and yards after contact, right? Two kinds of yak. And the important one, I think, this week is you got to be able to make some people miss because they're going to be there. They swarm to the football. They, 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 they're very, very sound. They're relentless. But you can make them miss. And if you get past that first guy, you turn a 20-yard gain to a 50-yard gain to a touchdown. Like, you need some of those explosive plays. So let's go to tape and watch these guys to start off. And, like, priority check, right? What do we care about? And I know they're 19th in stop of the run, but they're playing a, a physical brand of football, especially against, obviously, the, the Raiders. And, listen, we preview one, one game in advance, right? If I, I could show you another game where it's air raid, they're playing a little bit differently. But they have Devontae Adams on this team. They're going to double him all day, right? And maybe that's a, the deal in certain situations for a guy like Christian watching take the top off of a defense, okay? I don't think it's Jaden Reed yet. But it might be Christian Watson. They might, so we might have some bracket looks where everybody else is singled up. But they are going to prioritize, especially if you get into 12 or 21 personnel, they're going to prioritize stopping that run. And they're playing a physical brand of football. Aiden O'Connell playing quarterback here. Obviously, I think the stakes are a little bit different, or the, or the, the dynamics are a little bit different than it would be with Jordan Love and the Packers. But you have to appreciate they're all in right here. You see attacking, attacking play, good run for the Raiders. You can still get these doubles. You can still get downhill movement. You want to look at 22 here. And the reason I'm showing is he starts outside the tight end. All the way around. Gets in on the play. And they show up fast. So their safeties, I'll go back. Their safeties, if they're playing base seven, if they if they're they're either sitting in the box and they're going to play eight, or if they're if they're off the line of scrimmage and they're the ones that they're supposed to fill the gap. Like right now, he's got C gap. If they're going to fill that gap, then he's going to get down there fast. Like they're biting; they'll they'll sell hard on, on under center play action pass. Like they're biting hard on stuff. They want to stop the run game. It's that that is the number one priority. You want to get him. So this is base defense. And what they've done is they've gone down to gym. They put Karloftis over and a four-eye over the right tackle. And then 54 is out. He's a linebacker. He's out playing. So they look. it looks like they're in a bare front. Or it looks like they're in a um, in, in a uh, in a jam. Or, or even you could really just call this, I guess, you could call this an old school under with the, with a FUP look. With a four-eye technique instead of a, instead of a five. So you got to have man beaters. You see the outside leverage on the bottom of the screen. And they're so interested in what's going on up top that Devontae runs all the way across the field. Outside leverage. Go back to the beginning just so you guys can see it again. You got outside leverage. They play that second safety off the line of scrimmage. You see him coming down, indicating man. He knows immediately. The quarterback knows immediately. He's just got to bide his time because a, a leverage player is always going to lose to the opposite side of the field. These plays are open. You can imagine Christian Watson making that play. Now you see the safety here is just checking Devontae, right? So where you, you know you have essentially a double team on the down side of the field. He's rolling over there, and so on the top, you're going to have opportunities for one-on-one -on -one matchups, and you just have to be able to deliver and make plays. The Raiders did make a lot of plays in this game. Obviously, it wasn't enough. But 
some of the receivers did show up and made plays on one-on-one situations. And we talk about the pass-off. And this happens on every defense, but you can see that the, these guys line up and start at the top of the screen. Let me get rid of this. Uh, here we go. Let's get rid of that. On the top of the screen, we got we got man. And then they just roll the corner over to the tight end. And the safety comes down. So you can find your way to get matchups. You want Jaden Reed on a safety? Easy way to figure it out. So the Packers have these different tools they can use. And my point is that shown on tape, they have different tools they can use to free people up and, and get the, the matchups that they want. Now, the big man, all of these guys, really. But he does a really good job of turning a double into a single. And you see, he always just tried to shoot gaps. And so now this guard tries to get off on 23, but he's really not under control because he kind of whiffed on, on Chris Jones, right? So 23 just sheds him and makes the block. And this is something that just having players that like to penetrate, like to get skinny, that really kind of screws up the timing of the guard and tackle. Guard's got to stay there. He should you know, stay and in, 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 in keep body presence. But really, Chris Jones is so good at getting skinny and behind him. He's a six foot five, 320-pound player. So he really gains ground with that first step. And it leaves your guards a little bit out of control. And then, you know, 23, all these, these players for the, the Kansas City Chiefs inside are good at uh, stacking shedding. So they get downhill and they get into that gap really fast. Now, this is the big thing we talked about really as the development of Jordan Love and these young wide receivers and tight ends. You have to be able to not only ID the pressure, but then communicate verbally and non-verbally and being able to execute when you see pressure. So you see this look here. You see that safety stacked over, over the, the, the slot nickel. Like this is an indicator. Okay. So are we gonna what are we gonna do with it now? Does everybody on the same page? What are the hot routes? Do we feel better about a matchup on the outside now? You see that they screwed up and switched this. They got eyes out to the top of the screen with the safety. This is a rub, uh, this is a really a run for the love of the game route that I've circled in red, but wide open player, okay? Because they've just decided the priority is the flat. And you can see that the, uh, on the top of the, of the 20, on the top of the numbers at the 20, that corner is in no man's land, right? So that the in-cut, 16's in-cut is going to be hit by that linebacker if they throw it. But they're just completely out of position here. And a lot of it has to do with, obviously, eyes to Devontae. See more pressure looks. Again, that safety, they, they do a decent job of hiding this. But you watch enough tape, you start figuring out, like, okay, they're going to play that safety 12 yards deep. They're going to walk him over the top late, and then that nickel slot is going to come off the edge, and you just have to be ready for it. But they're in man coverage here. I mean, if you give me a 12-yard head start and I can run an out route, I feel like our guys are going to get open more often than not. Now, he throws it to the in here. He throws it to the slant. I'll go back and show you guys here this. He ends up throwing the slant, but if you look at the slot here, the slot receiver, I mean, we've got all you want right there as far as the throw, okay? So it's – and this is part of the development of Jordan Love. Don't take the slant if the out's open and you get 10 extra yards. You know, there, there's there's good routes, and then there's good routes with with bad coverage. And if you got a 12-yard head start and leverage on, on, your, on your out route, you take it. I think we've got one more pressure look here. So they're bunch formation. And they go pressure and rotate that safety over quick. And they did a great job of ID in this. And these are the opportunities. If, if Jordan Love can, and he did a great job in the Detroit game of throwing one of these out there early, is you got the blocks, and now you're one-on-one -on -one with, the, with the safety coming downhill uh, inside out. This is Hunter Renfro, and easy 10-yard gain. I mean, that's an easy throw and catch. Now that you still, you got to hit the guy in the chest. You can't lead him backwards. But easy throw and catch, easy block, right? And now you're one-on-one -on -one with the safety who's coming from a bad angle. Okay, so that's a 10-yard gain. These are the things that, you, you know, these are the gimmies that we just talked about. And then you just have to ask the question, with a team that does a good job of disguising pressure and a team that you know likes pressure, does, when does motion help you and when does it hurt? This is a running play. And you see Eric Reed comes down, and he's coming down because of this motion, but wait a second. And he fires his gun, 
or out of position. And because that receiver is going in motion, tracking back's an issue. And listen, Jones ends up breaking this tackle, but that's a tackle for loss in the backfield. The guy made a mistake. Okay, and so what you have to ask yourself is, are we going to motion across the ball in like inside zone run situations where it gives the safeties or the or the safeties or the nickel slot the opportunity to come off the edge and the receiver isn't in a position to make a block and the quarterback doesn't see it until the last minute where you're already in the middle of the cadence. Okay, so you have to be real strategic about how you go about your business with these motions. It's not motion for the sake of motion. It's got to be motion to either get eyes somewhere you don't want, one, or two, get the matchup you do want, as we showed with the, with the safety rocking over instead of the corner following on man. These guys need a new play here, right? We come across, go back across, and they run <laughs> They run the ball. Nobody covered Hunter Renfro. I mean, I'll show you again because I had to watch this twice. That's Hunter Renfro going in motion. Okay, they point at him. Okay, they go back. And the safety, or the 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 the, the, the safety of the linebacker was initially following him, but just from a leverage standpoint, this is all you can eat. So you see this play. I hope you see this on tape, and you go, "We're going to do the same thing. We're going to run the the X on the slant or the go, and we're just going to run him into the arrow in the flat, and he's going to have a twenty yard run. He's going to have a twenty yard catch and run. Bad matchup, fifty one here on the tight end." This is Michael Meyer. This is the kid that played for a Notre Dame rookie. Um, you see the two-hand stab does a really good job here. Watch 22's play speed across the ball. This is kind of talking. He's a playmaker. So first of all, you see Panic really jacking 87 in, into the chest, getting back in the backfield. And then 22 is already all the way over, and he has outside leverage. He went from outside the tight end on the right all the way to outside leverage on the running back on the left. Guy's an incredible playmaker in the box around the line of scrimmage. You see the arrow down looking at Devontae. They're going to look at that double again. They're worried about that double. And again, I'm just, you start thinking, okay, are, is this a team that is going to pick a player a la Christian Watson in the red zone to really take away from the offense? And then what opportunities is that going to give you on the other side? Because you see right here, and they just run a replacement route here. So they run it up and replace underneath. And this is wide open. And it's just because they know this safety is occupied and is not going to come down and crack this guy in the, in the face mask and get fined and get kicked out of the National Football League for six games. But those plays are there as long as, as, as soon as you indicate, hey, listen, they're trying to bracket coverage over here. Let's take advantage of the middle of the field. Run game, these guys are absolutely committed to stopping that run. Physical style of football. Willie Gay going down here. Drew Tranquil coming down here. The downhill in the gaps right now. Trying to free up their defensive linemen. Downhill. Leveraged. Chris Jones ends up making the play because he gets single blocked. Because, really because of the of the job that uh, uh, 50 Willie Gay came did coming downhill. Now, similar situation in that we've created this Really just an over-defense with the safety on the line of scrimmage. And because of that, because of the penetration, because they've got singled up blocks here. Show it one more time. So you really have four on four, and that center's got to get up to 23 with the nose tackle on a pull play. So they're going to pin and pull, pull the guard. And you're just asking a lot out of that center to get through, right? So schematically, they've got you beat. If you're trying to do that, they got you beat. What you have to do is you have to pull the center. But those are the adjustments in the game, either before the game. Hey, listen, we're going to try to get you through. We run it once, doesn't work. We got it next time. We got to we got to pull the guard and the center. Simple, okay? Or you change, or you just you scrap the blocking scheme. But when you watch plays like that, you have to understand the design is there so that that center can't get through. So you've got to play the numbers here. And what I mean by that is you see that safety's lurking about eight yards deep. He's going to fill real fast. You have to add him into your count. 
That's the one thing that that most teams these days that we did 20 years ago, that was part of our count immediately. That was a fuff call, sub call. You'd make some sort of you make some sort of a point call that would change the way where everybody was going. They don't account for this safety when the reality is you see 50 pointing to the spot, he's downhill immediately in the hole. And the guy can just make plays. Whether that's Reed, whether that's McDuffie, those guys can just make plays, flat out make plays. You see here. I see the arrow in the top left corner talking about Reed again. And they play on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage. You see the corner attacks and gets the running back to turn in, uh, turn on the was that the the 18 yard line before the line of scrimmage and Reed's making this play. So this is a this is a no gainer, right? They play close to the line of scrimmage. They really are um they do a really nice job with it. Now, you want to see big plays? Now if you're not committed because 22 McDuffie, he's got tight end and man coverage. So he's not going to run up and make the play. He doesn't want to get slipped on a tight end pop pass. So everybody's up, and now he comes off late, and we're out the gate for a touchdown. This is a hell of a run by, by old number eight for the Raiders. But you watch this from end zone angle, and just very simply, they have a chance to put two shoulder pads on 97 because McDuffie, unlike 54 and 23, is not attacking the line of scrimmage. And it's really, you know, you guys, it's like, well, if we draw it up this way, if you draw, the game is really this easy. Because 87 had the opportunity to throw a same foot, same shoulder strike into 97's hip and get him across the, the tackle's uh, face, because that happened, because 22 doesn't come downhill, because he can't, because that's a soft spot in the defense, now you can attack this thing. And every once in a while, you, you break an arm tackle or finger tackle right there, and you're out the gate. And that's that's literally all the game is. Where can I find that matchup? Play action screen game. You have to account for the linebacker. You see under center, they have their backs turned. They bite hard. And because they bite hard, when it's time to get out of there, they get out of there. This is going to be open and available during this game. Got to get a little more out of that wide receiver blocking. And then you just got to see the easy ones. Right here. Linebacker makes a mistake. Arrow routes open to the top of the screen on, on the 30-yard line. Take what you got. It's simple. Just take it. Easy, easy plays. They're running old-school pressure here. They're showing one side. And they're dropping the other. So they got all these guys up. And now you see at the bottom of the screen, 23 is slowly getting out of there. He's taking the tight end. They're all running stick routes. And you just have available options here. You just got to get the ball out. But that's old school pressure. Bring one side, you're dropping linebacker or safety all the way from the line of scrimmage, all the way to the inside slot. So you gotta you gotta be able to identify it, be ready for the ball, make the throw. Name of the game, you gotta stay on the six this week. And the last thing here, I don't want to talk too much about Chris Jones, but he's really damn good. See what he does this center on short yardage play. It's one of the last plays of the game. And just bye. Plays over. So guys have a ton of talent. They play hard, they believe in what they're doing. Spags is doing a heck of a job putting them in, in positions to be successful. And they have they have the confidence and the courage and the communication to really kind of vault their, their defense into really one of the elite defenses in the National Football League right now. Let's switch over to Chiefs offense. Chiefs offense, 23 points per game, 11th in the league, 365 yards per game, 8th in the league, 106 yards rushing a game, 17th in the league. Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league. Uh, 68% completion percentage, 29, 17 yards, 21 touchdowns, nine picks. They have a league leading up for debate here, 24 or 26 drop passes league leading. Okay. But he's still managing to find ways to win. And a lot of that has been because of Travis Kelsey been, you know, obviously his favorite target now since Tyreek Hill left, he's got 70 receptions, 732 yards and five touchdowns last week for the first time. And they've had a ton of drops. But they had a receiver not named Kelsey leading the league or leading the leading the team in receptions. Rasheed Rice. He pulled in eight catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. 
when you watch the film, he made some plays, but it's also a function of everybody's worried about taking away one guy. And so you got the best quarterback in the league thrown to a bunch of guys that are all single covered or they're you know, running across zones, but you've taken, it's not drop seven, it's drop six, or if it's their brain pressure, it's drop five because they got somebody else worried about Kelsey. There's always eyes on 87. The Raiders took the bait. They doubled Kelsey the majority of the game. And that's, in my opinion, you know, all you had to do is catch the ball, right? It, I mean, it's a hard sport. Don't get me wrong. But if you've had 24, 26, you know, drops, then inevitably you're going to watch these games and go, well, if they start catching the ball, things are going to start looking up. And certainly they did last week. They looked unstoppable, 17 points in the second half. Pacheco and the Chiefs. I, Isaiah Pacheco is just so much fun to watch. He looks like uh, Tasmanian. I mean, he just, he runs like, he's so angry when he runs. Like, there's no smoothness to his game, which I actually love. But middle of the pack rushing game. You know, for me, this offensive line was never great. I think the interior lines really, really Creed Humphrey is one of the, probably the, or one of the best centers in the league. Uh, they, they brought in uh, Joe Thune from uh, new England a couple of years ago. He has been just as good as he was in New England. He's a really, really solid player, not a dominant lineman by any means, but a really, really good solid doesn't get beat. Doesn't make mistakes. Just a really good player, right? Not like a, you're not going to write home about, oh, I just played Joe Thune, but he's a really, really good player. And then Trey Smith, there's some opportunity. He's a he's physical athlete, um, six-round pick, 2021 in draft. He's really turned himself into a good right guard. I think there's some opportunities there. But really, if when you talk about this offensive line, like where are you looking? Jawan Taylor uh, leads the league, and I think I think he leads the league in pre-stat penalties or, or, or total penalties. Um, he's got that, you know, funky gets off the line. That's, you know, it's cheating, but it's not, uh, you know, we could, I could get into that if you guys are interested, but I, I'm quite frankly, I'm not. And then Donovan Smith, who played for, uh, Tampa when they were one of their, their Super Bowl. He's, he was a really good player in this league. Um, he's playing okay, but you know, like, you know, time catches up with everybody. I would expect that Preston and Rashawn Gary are going to be able to pressure him talking about Patrick Mahomes and, and beat both of those guys. Um, and, and more than once, I think Andy Reid's the best play caller in football, or at least at least in the top three. And maybe Shanahan, but I, you know, I just I just really really respect the longevity of how how successful he's been over the of the decades. And for me, I think that this game is going to come down to again, really what it came down to last week. Can the defensive line just have a completely dominant performance and force Mahomes into turnovers? Right? Because when you're, when you're leading the league in drop passes, and you'll see some of the freestyling that he does, and he's one of the best in the game at extending plays, and he can put the ball on anywhere. But there's a difference between him running forward and him running backward. And when you watch it on tape, you watch it for years. He runs backward. We have opportunities. He runs forward. Good things happen for the Chiefs. So let's watch this tape. First of all, there's just options everywhere. There are options everywhere when you're talking about Patrick Mahomes' ability to find receivers. So great kind of little scheme here. They got it's I think it's third and eight or third and nine. Raiders are dropping zone. He's got a guy in the flat. He's got a check down over the ball. And he's got one defender that's playing the sticks. And so they basically, I mean, this is free money. This is a free first down. And they do they do stuff like this all the time where they'll just run off. Travis Kelsey will turn around two yards off the, off the line of scrimmage. He falls forward for an eight-yard gain. The other thing about Patrick is one thing we're talking about, Jordan Love and where you need to go. He takes the gimmies, right? You watch this ball to where it's supposed to be so the receiver can catch it in stride, make an immediate move. I think that's Marcus Peters he beats. Get downfield for a 15-yard gain. You know, these are the kind of plays that just – they don't make mistakes on the easy stuff, right? And when you want to become an elite-level team and you want to get that three, four extra points a game, you got to take the easies. Communication is absolutely key. They're looking at Travis Kelsey up top. We got really two guys watching Kelsey, and they just they just miss – and they both chase the slant. You got guys open wide ass downfield, but 
and this showed up a lot in this game. We'll show a couple of them. Crossing routes gave them fits. Gave them absolute fits. Uh, talking about the Raiders. The Chiefs lived on crossing routes this game, and you're going to see a ton. They, I mean, it's part of Andy Reid's offense. They'll run crossers. They'll run deep crossers. Obviously, Kelsey's got this new thing where he just gets to run to the wherever the the, 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 the spot in the zone is. But they get open, and it's just a question. Hey, if you he's going to put it on your chest. If you catch it, you're gonna you're gonna find some success. Same idea. They got eyes on Kelsey. They're doubling here. So what do the, the Chiefs do? They just run the they just run the over and replace crosser. Twelve yard gain, runner against leverage. I mean, every team's doing it, right? But you have to be able to communicate it and. When the Green Bay Packers make the decision on whether or not they want to double Kelsey or not, it's like, well, what's the downside? The downside is one part of the field is going to be open because they're, they're, they're going to run away from leverage. Whatever your leverage is, they're going to run away from it, and they're going to run into the, the soft spot. The other thing is you got to stick to your rules with this team. So this is actually a two-minute drill play. They toss, reverse, flip back, throw to Kelsey. Two-minute drill play can't happen. Well, why does it happen? Because you get your eyes get caught because Andy Reid is a – these are like routine plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. Like they run, you know, it seems like two or three of these every week. Really good, just simple stuff with Kelsey here. And this is what you got to really think about when you watch these guys is – just really good at reading areas and throw and especially with those two, their ability to anticipate is high, high level. Now, listen, I don't know if they do this on purpose, but if they did, this guy's got to tuck your ears in. It's a tuck your ears in moment. Tuck your ears in is from this. My best friend will call him coach. We taught him, he played for UNLV and we taught him how to me and Mike Flannery would go over there and work out and we teach him how to, he played defense fan outside linebacker, right? He's got like two sacks his junior year or whatever. So his senior year, we're like, hey, man, he starts working out with us. You're going to come and we're going to we're gonna work on pass rush. And you learn how to pass rush. Like, we'll teach you how to NFL guys pass rush. And, you know, we're going to beat you up a little bit. And so he ended up having 12, 13 sacks or something like that his senior year. He got drafted and blah, 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 blah. But the thing was, every once in a while, he's real mouthy, you know, because we're all real mouthy. I'd smack him right in the side of the head, right in the ear. And she, ah, hey man, you gotta tuck your ears in. Tuck your ears in. You see 81 here. Okie dokes him. Looks like he's going out to block the defensive end to keep the defensive end on the scrimmage. Turns around and just launches that dude. That is an I don't know if they're designing it that way. Or they fell into it, man. Like if he had a mental error and it just looks awesome, but that was a phenomenal blocking scheme if they designed it that way. Think about Mahomes, it's not always perfect. So they're crowding the line of scrimmage. Like they're going to miss plays too. And the question is, you put pressure in his face right here. He feels heated up. He feels like he doesn't have anywhere to escape to forward. He's going to miss guys. You got dudes wide open, right? Wide open. And I think that's his boy. Sometimes he misses too. Like there are opportunities. But my point is, Andy Reid gets people open on this field, right? It's just a question if you can heat up Patrick Mahomes fast enough so he doesn't really see it. Now, Travis Kelsey, man, he's, listen, arguably the best receiving tight end in the history of the NFL football game. Him and his brother are doing some incredible things on podcasts and ads, and they got this ad where they're arm wrestling. He's like, you're a pretty boy, Jason. Did. I'm a pretty man. And then I think of that every time I watch him block, man. He's like, I'm a pretty man. And he walks in, and he's like, I'm going to take this B gap, and he's just, uh, uh. I mean, is, if if like if one of our safeties gets the opportunity to hit him under the chin and they don't, it's like you should be summarily fired right now because that dude is going to beat the brakes off you in the receiving game. And if he's just going to walk straight up and like basically walk through the B gap and you're not going to hit him, man, get off the field. You don't belong in a uniform. Knock his block off. Big key to the game. Escape away from the line of scrimmage. When Mahomes gets to go downhill, he can throw it across the field. He can throw it 80 yards on a row. I mean, wherever you want him to throw it. But when he has to run away from the line of scrimmage like this, the ball usually goes out of bounds. When he feels like he runs away from the line of scrimmage and he's running for his life and he can't turn the corner, 
Ball's going out of bounds. This is where or or pressure equals picks. You see, left guard here just gets pressed and bench pressed in, turns his shoulders early, footwork issue, but really catches with that outside hand. So 91 punches, extends here, and gets Mahomes to get away. And that's how you, I mean, this is how you cost, this is why two Super Bowls ago when they were missing their tackles, they lost because he's running for his life. And that's really the only way to slow him down. We got pressure again. And you see wide open. I mean, look at all that. Andy Reid knows how to get people open now. Wide open. Okay. But he can't get there. You just can't get to it. And I mean, I'm telling you, you have to have a dominant performance in the pass rush. Because otherwise, I mean, this is stealing, guys. I'm going to show this from two angles because you can't, it's like this is the longest handoff. Oh, I didn't show I didn't show both angles, but I'm I'm telling you, this is the longest handoff you'll ever see. This is a 30-yard handoff. He literally puts it right over the shoulder of their linebacker, five. And drops it right into the breadbasket. It's just, it's stealing. You got five wide here. And he's got two guys wide open. He's downhill. And it's like whatever you want. And again, the difference is he's escaping towards the line of scrimmage and not away from the line of scrimmage. 26, 24, whatever the number is. Drops, drops, drops. If I'm a if I'm a defensive back for the Green Bay Packers, man, I'm counting the drops out loud during this game. I'm starting at 25, by the way. That's 25. The first drop they have. That's 25. That's not one. That's 25. Because these guys will still drop the ball. And listen, if you are leading the league in drops, trust me, you know. And you're thinking about it. And you might have had a redemption game last week and played well against the AFC West rival. But you still know. Check out this screen game, okay? Creed Humphrey, in the center in the screen game. They go, man, he gets a hold of this guy. And this is why he's one of the best in the game, if not the best. Just absolutely dump trucks him to get downfield. Screen game is going to be available for them. Uh, we have to identify it, and you have to identify it early. But you have to shoot your gun. You can't engage. What, he, what the linebacker does there by engaging with that center, he's saying, I'm better at doing what – I'm paid to do than you are doing the only thing you're paid to do. In other words, the only thing the center's asked to do is block people with two hands on them. Like, I want to grab you and, and put you somewhere that you don't want to be. That's his only job. The linebacker's got to, like, you know, drop, pass coverage, tackle, and then he's got also got block pro. He's got, like, seven things. And so if you're going to run up there and, like, do one of those deals, you're basically saying, I'm better at any one of my seven things than you are at that one thing you're asked to do. Not not smart. So Chiefs do a great job of challenging communication. This is one of the things I think that, you know, again, the Andy Reid deal, it, it makes it really difficult. I showed this one earlier. And it's just when there's a singular focus on Travis Kelsey. And I think maybe not, maybe there won't be now because Rasheed Rice had a good game. Maybe it helps your defense. But when there's a secret focus on Kelsey, you're just going to get all these opportunities for these other players to get singled up. And it's, it really is uh, – uh, it's a difficult thing. They actually ran that play multiple times in the game, and I screwed up and, and didn't put the second one. I played the same one twice. But it is going to be you – know, there's kind of two things that are going to be – I think the themes on defense is – how are we going to deal with Travis 87? And then is that defensive line going to have a repeat performance of last week? Are they able to, are they able to, is, is Kenny Clark able to dominate the guard matchup? All right. I got three matchups. Here we go. Number one, we don't know about Aaron Jones. You got an aggressive chiefs box seven. How are the Packers going to create opportunities in the running game? Last week, we rushed for, you know, we, we rushed for something, but our running backs rushed for 3.2, 3.3 yards per carry again. Not, not good enough. Just not getting the job done in the running game. 
And that's not the offensive line. That's the offensive line. That's the tight ends. That's the wide receivers. And that's the running backs. Last couple of weeks, Jaden Reed has been producing on the jet sweeps, has been producing on the end of round. So we can incorporate that, but that can't, so we can get yards out of that, but we can't sit here and say, that's the way we're going to, that's our running game now, right? It's going to be a wet field on Sunday. There's going to be some weather in town. So it's a perfect scenario to really be able to establish that downhill running game. Footing's going to be an issue, although the Chiefs and the Packers are used to playing outside in bad weather. What are we are we going to fit the AJ Dillon profile? I mean, for me, it's like, can we just get AJ to the line of scrimmage without having to cut? Can we just put in can we put in plays where he doesn't have to go downhill and stop and cut in the backfield? And whether that's by running gap schemes or whether that's by running just we're gonna only only run like middle outside zone where we're planning that full speed cut downhill, that one cut go. But inside zone stuff, everyone go oh, inside zone, inside zone. Well, if they keep penetrating at the line of scrimmage, he's got a jump cut in the backfield. You think he's going to be great at going downhill, but that's also what you don't want him to do if he's got a jump cut in the backfield because the, the, the start back up isn't quite what you want it to be as compared to like Aaron Jones. So how are you going to manufacture that running game? Kelsey versus who? Last week, Sam Laporta, he starts off really good last week, right? I think he caught the first pass. He had the first touchdown. Um, he ends up with five catches, 47 yards in that one TD. But the, the Lions are kind of throwing the ball over the yard trying to make – I mean, they got in a hole. Already. So there's a little bit of that. But Kelsey is – he's got 70 receptions. They look like they found their second guy with Rasheed Rice. It really is – MBS can – like, we know MBS can play. He just – we also know that he'll drop balls. So if they're going to catch the ball, what does that look like? Because you can't your, – your defense isn't going to be predicated on – like Joe Barry, say what you want about Joe Barry. He's not getting up there and going like, all right, guys, we're just planning them dropping about five passes this game in the end zone, and that's how we're going to win. Like that's not, that's not what's going to happen, right? So fundamental base question. Do you double 47 – when do you double 47? You're going to do it, but do you just do it in the red zone? When do you double them? And then – do you have somebody that you trust to take away number two? Who is number? Is it Rasheed Rice? Is he number two? Do you take away number two? Like if Alexander's healthy, is Alexander on 87? Because 87 is just going to play in the slot anyways, or he's going to spread out. Like he's not going to be tight end attached, you know, block. And then, really, you know, we don't care about that. Right. But anytime he's not attached, are you just going to put your best guy on him? Or are you going to bracket him? Or are you just going to leave Valentine on there? I, what what's your what is the plan? Are we going to follow him with the safety? At the risk of him, you would almost him rather have a 150 yard catch day. You know, you have a receiving day, and nobody else eat because that's good for I don't know 20 points, 17 points, 20 points. I mean, they've they've done that. They we know what that looks like. Let him eat, fine. Or give him the opportunity, give the Mahomes the reason to throw him the ball only. They'll score a couple touchdowns. He'll have great numbers. They don't score a lot of points that way. The way they score a lot of points is get the running game going, get the ball tossed around the yard a little bit more. And then the third matchup, Packers pass rushing Chiefs offensive line. Um, I think Preston Smith and Gary are playing high-level football. Both had great games last week. I know Gary's got the numbers, but you watch Preston, dominant performance in that game on a number of levels. Um I think we definitely have the the, the advantage over Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith. I, it's almost like you want to see guys. Sometimes you want to see guys get exposed. I think this is a this is an opportunity to to really have a hard look at a at an op, I mean these guys these guys should get beat multiple times. I'm just if I'll be shocked if if as long as we can stay upright that Rashawn and Preston are not breathing around Patrick Holmes, the back of his neck, you know, 10 times this, this game, eight times this game, like a, a substantial number, not sacks, but I'm mean just in his business, force him out of the pocket, knocking him down because don't, don't forget, like he doesn't mind extending plays anyways. So just when you think the play is over, it's not over. You can keep, you can just keep this thing rolling, but can they have another big week? Can Kenny Clark, and that defensive tackle group who looked extremely good, Slayton, Wyatt, they all, Gerard, they looked good last week. 
can you keep it up? This team interior is going to be better because both guards are healthy. Last week, both guards were injured and took advantage of it. Can you take advantage? Can you not take advantage of it? But can you actually just sit there and defeat two guys at the guard position who are pretty good players? Now, you saw that 65 can get beat. You got beat a couple times in that game. But it's not like they're getting beat off the line of scrimmage, right? It's a slow burn. It's going to take a little bit of time. Can you force Mahomes away from the line of scrimmage when he throws the ball? Keys to victory. I'm going to do this fast and furious, all right? Number one, staying on schedule. Packers offense has to stay on schedule, third and manageable. Pressure uh, from the from C Spagnuolo-led defense is, is kind of the name of the game. They want to get the ball to the quarterback's hands. They want to tackle in front of the sticks. They want to turn the ball back over to Patrick Mahomes. So can we get valuable first and second downs to get third and six, third and five, third and four, run pass options, take away some of the pressure stuff, ID it, be on the same page, execute, execute, execute early in the downs so you can get a manageable third down. Number two, got to have a pass rush man. Mahomes is one of the best in the business at extending plays, finding their finding their uh, receivers. We do. We are up and down. We are hot and cold with pass rush integrity as far as our lanes. You cannot let him escape forward. He's got to be escaping away from the line of scrimmage. What's the plan to do that? Can we do that throughout the course of the game? Can we be disciplined? Because if you can, you're going to find a lot of success because they do not, you do not find on tape a lot of things where he's running away from the line of scrimmage and, and collect and connecting dots down the field. And the third thing is between Jordan Love and these first and second year receivers and tight ends, pre-snap recognition. Pressure for a receiver means hot routes, single one-on-ones, and huge play opportunities. But you have to see it. You have to communicate it verbally and non-verbally. And you have to execute. So are you putting in the time this week in practice to make sure you are on the same page, you communicate with the intentions, and then we execute the right way? Precise routes, man beaters, pressure beaters. Are we ready to go? You see a ton of it all over tape. There are opportunities for success, but you got to be able to see it. Got to be able to see it. We got a couple listener questions. Before we get out of here, let me put them up real quick. First question, are the Packers any closer to developing an offensive identity after the last four games? I'd say after the last two. I think Matt LaFleur and the offensive staff did uh, by far their best performances of the season as far as putting players in position to make plays given their skill set, right? Really, really, really appreciated the – the way that they – set up players to be successful the way that they're using Jordan love now a little more center under center play action like simplifying the game play action series he's doing a better job pre-snap recognition he's taking he's trying to make the gimmies now the difference here is guys make contested catches guys making plays can Jordan take the gimmies now can we throw the screen in a position to go forward can we connect on the arrow route can we get the easy if we get the easy ones, right? That's that's three, four, five, six more first downs in a game that translates into points. Number two, do you think the Packers will prioritize taking Kelsey out of the game? Well, listen, we just talked about it. It's almost like it's almost like you live with Kelsey and you prioritize taking everybody else out. Because I don't I, I don't think Kelsey's gonna have a four touchdown performance. So um, it's certainly something you have to think about. You don't want you don't want anybody to ever feel like they're unstoppable. But I could make the argument that I treat Telsey like a good receiving tight end, but I'm not going to double. I'm not going to do anything crazy. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to prioritize taking everybody else out of the out of the limelight. And if he gets hot and, and catches a couple of these routes and sustains routes, like it's oh, even with Patrick Mahomes, as great as he is, the percentages of, of, you know, playing the long field and having to go 80 yards and not making mistakes and not having a holding call or an offsides or two incomplete passes in a row. And then all of a sudden switching up your coverage, adding some pressure, maybe bracketing them. Like you got to mix it up, but just summarily saying you're not play, like, you know, doing with a bell Belichick, what he did to Ocho Cinco that one year. And he just said, Hey, we, I, we, I forgot they call it. They called it like zero eighty five. but bell goes up to Ocho Cinco and goes, you're not catching the ball today. We're going to double you the whole game. He's like, well, are you serious? Like, I'm dead serious. You're not coming in here and, and catching every pass. Like, I don't think you do that against against the Travis Kelsey and, and this offense where they're at right now. And this is a, a question about some specific guys on the offensive line, but it's just more of a general. Let's just make it. Why why do offensive linemen improve or regress? And you know, it was like, did you get the wrong guys? Did you? Is it the coaching? What what is it? 
And I'm kind of reminded of what Tom Brady was just lamenting to Stephen A. Smith about. And I think he was – listen, he said this a couple of years ago. Like, the quality of play has gone down. Refs are leg- – the NFL is legislating bad play out of the game by, like, if you throw over the ball over the middle and Ray Lewis knocks you, knocks you out, well, Tom Brady just wouldn't throw the ball over the middle. You know you can't do it. And now they're like, go ahead and throw it over the middle. If he knocks you out, then he's out of the game, and we're going to suspend him for five games or whatever it is. So they legislate all this bad play out instead of just saying, like, these guys have to be better. That's the point he was trying to make. I'm going to make it I'll, – I'll, I'll rephrase it and just say, you've taken away you've taken away practice time. The, the other thing Tom said is, like, the, the level of coaching isn't what it used to be. And I, 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 I've seen the spectrum of young coaches, older coaches – um good coaches bad coaches personalities okay there are only a handful of really really good developmental coaches in the national football league and i know that sounds crazy absolutely crazy with you think it's the 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 pinnacle of 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 everything uh from a football standpoint but you've got a lot of guys that are in there good scheme guys maybe they got in because they know somebody maybe they got in because they're good with computers Maybe they got in because they had a technology that they, you know, the team was interested in using. There's a number of reasons you get in. Good old boys club they always talk about. There's not a ton of guys that that have a really, really fundamental understanding of like how the body works, how you're supposed to move, um, how what position should you strike from if you're offensive lineman, for example. And so the same techniques that were being taught 40 years ago are still taught in large part by guys today. And you could say the same thing about, I mean, there's, listen, you, I can go to four different wide receiver coaches and they might all show me four different ways to do a three-step cut or no, just, sorry, change direction. And I can go to a hundred strength conditioning coaches and they're going to show me the exact same way to change direction, right? Because there's like a movement way to do it, like a way that's the most efficient way to do it given our movement patterns. And then there's how people have been taught and they just, continue to do what they've been taught. So if a player isn't getting better, if they're regressing, I don't look at the coaches. I don't look at the the organization. You can look at the offense a little bit. Like if you're passing the ball 70 times a game and you're giving up a sack, it's like, well, you're passing the ball 70 times a game. Corbett doesn't get rid of the ball. You got to be, it's got to be a little bit, you know, friendly because that's a very difficult position to play. We're talking about offensive line specifically now, but if you're not getting better, my question to you is like, what are you doing to get better? Are you breaking down? Are you breaking down your own performance? Are you going to somebody maybe who's another set of eyes and looking at this from a different perspective? Like, are you seeking out people in the off season that make you better? Like, there's all these things that you can do that you know, guy like I did. Guys, guys do. Guys, do, I work with guys to do that now. And so, if they're not getting better, it's never about like the team and the coaching staff because, like, if you're the player, you can't. I can't control where I get drafted. I can't control who they have to coach me. I can only control how I, how I deal with that information. If I'm not getting what I need, if I feel like I'm not playing better, then damn it, I'm going to find a way to play better. And that's where I think now, maybe it's because of the, the, the it's been reframed about longevity and not performance, right? You get paid so much now. It's like, how long can I stay in this league versus, man, I just want to be the best guy I can be, you know, right now, what can I do to be the best? That, that mindset shifted a little bit. And so when that shift occurs, I guess we stop worrying about like, man, I gave up 10 sacks last year. If I give up nine this year, that's going to be great. That's 10% less. And it's like, instead of like, dude, I don't want to give up any, you know, it's like everything is kind of like the, the hurdle, that bar, I think for a lot of guys has kind of gone away or gone down just because we don't see it the same way. Oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll scheme it out of it. This, you know, coach the said it. Oh, there's nothing our scheme can't fix. It's like, well, tackling is something you can't fix. You got to fix it. But anyways, this can be an interesting game. Six points, six points in Lambos is, is just, is just crazy to me, but I get it. I mean, they are the defending champs. Listen, if you're enjoying, please subscribe, rate, review, like us on our YouTube channel, Process to Perform. This is the On My Block podcast. You can find me, Mike Wall, Mike Wall 68 on Twitter, uh, Process to Perform on Instagram. I should say X, but I'm going to say Twitter. Uh, Packers, six points. Dude, take the points. I'll see you guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.